When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thanks for listening to the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, part of the Hoopheads Podcast Network. Check out all their awesome basketball shows today at hoopheadspod.com. episode of the Lakers Fast Break Podcast. It's Gerald Glassford. Come right back at you here from Lakers Fast Break, Pop Culture Cosmos, Inside Sports Fantasy Football, and Game Source. We truly appreciate everyone out there listening to all of our great shows. And if you can, please give us that five, one, two, three, four, five star review wherever you get your podcasts. Plus, if you could like, share, subscribe, follow, or do anything that you can to let us know how you're doing and to let us know you like us and support us. If you like, follow, share, subscribe, and go ahead and do whatever you can to go ahead and check us out at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast, plus also as well Inside Sports Fantasy Football, Game Source, Pop Culture Cosmos, Lakerholics.com. And please, if you are a YouTube subscriber, please go ahead below Laker Tom today. Go ahead, hit that subscribe button. It'll give you the latest notifications when we go live or when we have invitations for you to go ahead and check out what we're doing here at the Lakers Fast Break. Plus our good friends, again, at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and check out what they're doing today with the number one Lakers blogger, Laker Tom. And uh, (laughs) I know he'll get a kick out of this. The number 16 Lakers blogger, Jamie Sweet. On his five things articles, you notice it because the 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 list was only fifteen bloggers long, so I put him number sixteen. So if you can go ahead and support Lakerholics.com today, be part of the conversation. It is truly appreciated. Plus, also as well, Lakersball.com. You know Joe Soro, aka Ox1947. He is still roaming around the plains known as Lakersball.com. Go ahead and be part of one of the great groups, and you can see. What Joe Sorrell's been writing about, especially on this Patrick Beverly trade today at LakersBall.com. Plus our good friends at the Hoop Heads Podcast Network who have been supporting us and giving us a, a lot of love on Twitter for the past year plus. If you can go ahead and support all of that, it is sincerely appreciated. Well, I wanted to go ahead and I mentioned it real quickly on the Sunday show. There's a question that was brought up in our great chat room that we have each and every time out on YouTube. And again, big shout out to our YouTube subscribers and YouTube followers that go ahead and comment in the comment section there. Blue Magic, who has been a great part of those conversations, he threw one out towards the end of the show that I really wanted to to go ahead and focus a little bit more on. And he basically structured in a way that hearing, wanted to know our thoughts. If, if Rob Palenka 
has played it smart with his stance in regards to a Russell Westbrook trade this summer. So, who better to talk about this and seeing his perspective on it? He's a good man indeed. He was busy this past weekend, hard at work on a lot of great things for Lakerholics.com. Be a part of his great and latest article today at Lakerholics.com. Go ahead and comment right there. You know there's a lot of comments waiting for you to go ahead and check out there anyways. It is Lakerholics.com. Be part of the conversation today. It is Laker Tom and Laker Tom. Again, with all that's gone on, yes, we did make the, the trade for Patrick Beverly last week. We did discuss it in detail. You and Joe were on ends of the spectrum on that one. We all know if they do go to camp, Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly, that's like oil and water. I mean, that makes you and I look like a we're sitting down singing Kumbaya all the time. So I want we to hear are. your thoughts. We are, Gerald. Well, we're actually we have a better we have a good relationship, but our, our you know you think people we would argue? My gosh, I would love to be a fly on the wall if they played the entire season. I know Laker Tom doesn't want to hear this, but if you're a, a voyeur, you would love to go ahead and be like that fly on the wall to see them at <laughs> practice all year long. But comedy aside. Maybe maybe listen to them in the locker room after practice. That's even better. That would be even better. They should put their lockers right next to each other. Yeah, just put a mic up right there for you. That's a podcast in and of itself. But I will say right now, a lot of people are, you know, they've been either pushing or for or against a Russell Westbrook trade in certain forms for the past few weeks. You've been very vigilant in your thoughts as far as getting off the Russell Westbrook contract sooner rather than later. But I want to hear your thoughts now that you've had time to go ahead and take a deep breath. Do you think Rob Palenka has played it smart this summer in this approach to a Russell Westbrook potential trade this summer? Yeah, that's a, it's really an excellent question from Blue Magic because... Yeah, great. Shout out. Again, the, shout out Blue Magic on that. The thing about it is that... If you can, you can, you find so many things to fault with Rob Palenka and decisions that he's made in the past. You know, the, the decision about Alex Caruso, um, the Westbrook trade itself, you know, um, make you really question whether or not the guy can get it right. I have, <laughs> I'm actually in the middle of writing an article right now and, and the, uh, the topic, the topic of the article in a sense is, has the Lakers' dysfunction made their trade posturing credible? Because people have no idea what this team will do. They, it's not like you were dealing with a team that in, during the championship years where Jerry West was in charge, um, where every decision was usually a good decision. Every once in a while you get a bad decision, but you just don't blow big moves two or three, four times we've seen Palinka blow big moves. Um, so you get my Russell Westbrook in here and you have a disastrous season. You waste one of LeBron James's 30 points per game, you know, seasons that suffer injuries and everything. And less than two years after winning a championship, you fire a coach and you have to draw everything up from scratch right from the beginning. And we've been through this as Lakers fans or older Laker fans like myself have been through this so many times. It's tiresome, you know, 
what will they decide to do? Will they go a new direction? Will they, will they get bold? Will they bring in somebody with a vision? This time I thought Rob Belinga did that. He came in and he hired Darvin Ham, who I, I'm staking my entire credibility that he is going to be a fabulous and longtime Lakers coach, and he's going to win championships. Um, and part of that decision was also a decision to, to not only to bring in a charismatic leader, but to really build a team for him the way the Bucks were built, because he's going to run the same offense. Hmm. And when you look back at all of the things put together, the individual pieces are kind of strange because the formula that they've used was to get younger and more athletic with all of the minimum salary people and to then count upon being able to trade Russell Westbrook for shooting and possibly some defense. Mm -hmm. Um, Because those were the, the players that you get back from a Russell Westbrook trade they're going to be your third, fourth, fifth, and best players on a team right after, you know, they're going to be among the top five or six players on a team and probably two or three starters. So I think that everything comes down to, in my mind, the Miles Turner, Buddy Heel trade. Last year, Rob screwed it up. This year, he's got a perfect situation, and I believe he knows it. I believe that it's just posturing that. They're saying that, oh, the, the Pacers deal doesn't make us championships caliber team. James Worthy doesn't feel that way. I don't feel that way. I've heard a half a dozen various people on Sirius XM NBA team talk, basically say the same thing, that that's such a perfect fit for the Lakers, that there's no way they cannot do that deal. And the only issue is that we're just posturing. We're just posturing in order to reduce it to one pick and maybe a a swap. Now, part of this whole thing is listening to the stories that the Lakers would have you believe during the season. And one of the biggest ones is Russell Westbrook is going to be back. Now, the minute you say that, it's almost as crazy as Jeannie blurting out that Russell Westbrook was the best player in the Lakers last year. I'll get to that at the end of the show. We'll get to that a little bit later. You know, it's it's just that, you know, how can you, I mean, I don't think a single general manager has bought it, but half of the Laker fans and half of the people that I talk to who are Laker fans are all expecting Russell Westbrook back next year. (laughs) It's just amazing. They are either the wackiest collection of people running a front office that you've seen anywhere in the NBA, um, or they've suddenly been able to figure out the right thing to do. And all they have to do now is just punch that last ticket and make the trade, whatever it costs, get the best deal you can and so forth, but don't walk away from the trade with a no and a draft pick in your hand. That's not going to do any good. Miles Turner is the is the key to this whole thing. Russell Westbrook will be gone. There's two or three options that the Lakers have. My only hope is that they make the right option. That they don't they don't go for Bogdanovich and Conley, um, do a deal with uh, you know with uh, the Utah Jazz and and the New York Knicks. I think that's uh, that would be a big mistake. So, and I, I think that's nothing more than leverage. 
I think we're just talking about leverage. Rob's trying to create leverage as much as he can. Would have helped if they didn't, you know, if, if R.J. Barrett hadn't been signed to an extension. So that Well, they're working on extension. Maybe yeah. that's also posturing for the next Utah thing. But, yes, mm-hmm. nothing has been signed as you It's just right. posturing right now. I possibly. mean, there's just the problem. There's a lot of problems with, with the – first off, you want to deal with Danny Ainge. You, you, you think you have a problem dealing with Pritchard of the Pacers and two draft picks. Well, Danny Ainge is like the king of the unprotected picks. He's going to want everything, and what he has to offer is not as good. He's got one great player to offer, which is Bogdanovich who can't defend, but is a great offensive player, and he's a wing that we could desperately need. But the best shooter is still Buddy Heald, and the difference maker is still Miles Turner because he's the guy who can unleash Anthony Davis, and he's 26 years old. So he provides us with help now winning championships while LeBron's here and a perfect person to play in the front court with, with Anthony Davis moving forward. This is Raphael from NBADraftJunkies.com, and you are listening to the Lakers Fast Break. Check out what's been going on with the Pop Culture Cosmo Show and the PCC Multiverse. People are just losing their minds trying to consume Marvel products right now, and I don't blame them. This is some of the best entertainment you can get on TV and big screen right now. If something's going to be successful or not, they look at the mentions, they look at the likes, they look at the retweets and the tweets and the subtweets and the tweet tweets, and they look at all of that to say, okay, this is actually going to garner a lot of attention. Is it going to be enough, though? I think the fish out of water syndrome might be enough for somebody like us because it's going to be hilarious to watch two stoner kids we saw barely make it through high school now live in a society that they fully don't understand because they've been stuck in a decade and never came out of it. Facebook stars, not ninja stars, okay? I know how some people take things literally. So don't throw ninja stars at us, but like the Facebook stars, click on those. That's what we want. That's the Pop Culture Cosmo Show. And the PCC Multiverse. Catch our shows on Worldwide Radio seven days a week and wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Lakers fans. Looking for the best place to go for up-to-date news, information, original videos, articles, podcasts, opinion pieces, and discussions about the Los Angeles Lakers? Well, look no further than Lakerholics.com. With a legion of followers always there talking about everything Lakers and the NBA, there's no better place to go to share your fandom as the team heads toward another championship run. So stop by and be part of the conversation today at Lakerholics.com. Once again, it's the Lakers fast break. Gerald Glassford right here coming at you. I will say this, that if the Lakers do eventually pull off this Indiana trade for Buddy Heald, Miles Turner, I've said it before, I'll say it again, it does improve the team, but not to the point where you can make them a championship favorite. I would put them maybe in the four to six range as far as in the Western I Conference. I think that's accurate, but that's, yeah. that's really the best you can expect. Yeah, that's that's the, that's the ceiling. I think, again, as I said on the Sunday show, I said there's a ceiling where now you can fix this team, and that's right. probably the, the ceiling right there. Yeah, the ceiling is a, is a you're, you know, you're 10 to 1 shot to probably win the championship. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the fact that you've got LeBron James and Anthony Davis, and if they're healthy, uh, that 10% could be a lot bigger when you get into the playoffs. All LeBron wants, all LeBron told Rob Polinka was, get me into the playoffs and I'll do the rest. 
So because you never know what's going to happen, injuries. You know, it worked against the Lakers. It could work for the Lakers. Yeah, and it, you know, I I think the big thing is that there's all of these different stories that the Lakers have put out there. For example, we have thirty million dollars in potential cap space next year. Thirty-seven, we, I think. I, I think it was up yeah, to thirty-seven. Yeah. So therefore, we we're not going to take back anybody any anything except expiring contracts. I think that that is just another posturing situation. Um, we won't give up two picks for any team unless it makes us a championship team. But we don't think that the Pacers thing makes us a championship team. I think that that's total false. I think that they, let me put it this way. Can you believe that the Lakers, after screwing up last year, where they put themselves in a position, especially Rob Palenka, where the next move that you make is the big move. It's the make or break move. It's the move that will get you fired by the Lakers if you don't do it right. You think he's going to bring back Russell Westbrook? You think he's not? He can't see that Miles Turner and Buddy Heald are the best option that he has out there to make this team have a chance to get into the playoffs so LeBron could do his magic? I think this is all a smokescreen, and Rob's done a great job. But I'm scared to death that he might blow the whole thing by making a trade for Conley and Bogdanovich instead. And it's it's interesting because I think some of the general managers are probably wondering about that too, simply because of the bad moves he's made in the past. I mean, you know, they look at they look at the Russell Westbrook situation and wonder, what the hell did Rob do last year? The fit is not there at all. You know, and the Chicago Bulls, they're really happy to have Alex Caruso and THT. I heard now that they're Miami was there was a there was a rumor that Miami might be interested in trading Count Lowry for uh, Westbrook. Be an interesting trade. Lowry and uh, uh, their their long range shooter who can't play defense and can't, oh Duncan Robinson Duncan Robinson can't get in the starting lineup. Well, but, he was uh, in the starting he, lineup, but he lost. So his... the Lakers have made these mistakes, and what's interesting is that. Were they an uh, were they a front office like let's say the Spurs during the Duncan era? Were they a front office like that that never seemed to screw up? People deal with you differently, and and they know what to expect. But the Lakers are such a wild card now because of of just the whole internecine dysfunction in the organization. Who's really in charge? You know, Jeannie says it's me. I'm in charge. Then she comes out and says something like, Russell Westbrook was our best player last year. Well, again, we'll get to that in a second. It was, she clarified it. Well, it wasn't the best clarification in the world. And we'll, again, we'll, we'll touch on that in right. a second. But at any rate, so, you know, so, so there is a little bit of advantage that a lot of GMs just don't know what to expect Polinka to do. He could do something crazy. So maybe, you know, maybe the, I, I know that the Pacers want to get rid of, from everything I hear, the Pacers want to get rid of that heel in that second year in a contract, and they feel that Turner is the best way to do that. So maybe they'll take a pick swap instead of a second pick. You know, I will say we've got a couple of weeks where we can wait. We're not eager to, you know, we don't have to do anything right now. So uh, before we go into the question, final question on this subject, Jeff Green said, "I heard Svi Mihalik is available." Yes, he was waived by the Toronto Raptors the other day. The only thing is, you know, the reason why he was waived by the Toronto Raptors is because his defensive liabilities. Yes, he can shoot 38 to 40% on his threes, but 
But keeping him in the lineup, I think it's the same reasons why we just talked about Duncan Robinson. His defensive shortcomings are part of the reason why he's not a ro- regular rotational player. I like Svi a lot. I was hoping he would stay with the Lakers. You know, if he comes back to Lakers, you got a shooter there. But again, there's still some liability issues when it comes to his defense. But it is he is a shooter out there, and and you just you know if you have the the spot open, we need, and you, we need wings, not yeah. guards. That's the problem. There's really no minutes for him. Um, you know, you're you're probably going to go into the season with Beverly, Beverly, and at Beverly and and probably Austin Reeves as the there are 25 point. teams. Laker Tom that need wings. I, I I was thinking about it because there's so many teams out there that have got uh, are, that are so wing deficient. You know? <laughs> yeah, the Clippers have them all. The Clippers and a few other teams, I believe, have like they're they've loaded up smartly and intelligently on wings, effective playing wings. I can do like uh, New Orleans, Memphis. That you know, a lot of these six six to six nine guys that are able to go ahead and be interchangeable on both the offensive yeah. defensemen and yet but so many of the others it's teams not like we don't have any of them you know i mean we have two of them you know a guy named lebron james and another guy named anthony davis who are both capable of guarding all five positions and in a crutch situation like in the playoffs or the finals like they did against the miami heat you'll see each one of them volunteer to take on the toughest defender on the other team it's a problem with leaving Kendrick Nunn. There's no more room for Nunn because there's going to be the he's going to steal minutes from people and and it's not that we not that he's not a talented player. It's that we could probably flip him hopefully for for Cam Reddish. You know who's a six eight wing. It's exactly what we need. So it's a functional situation where if you can if you can possibly get him from the Knicks, and that's the only thing I'm interested at all in a Knicks Jazz deal is being able to possibly latch onto that deal and and come away with uh, Cam Reddish. That would be great. He'd be he'd be perfect second he'd be perfect backup at the three. Well I will say this it comes down to uh, the final question again. I'll reiterate it's the title of this episode. Has Rob Palinka played it smart this summer? So I ask you Laker Tom, looking at the overall landscape of what he's done, I'm gonna say you know for once I'm gonna be on the Rob Palinka side and saying you just don't do a trade to do a trade. If you're not giving anything good back, especially because you'd be giving up your entire future or most of your future with the 27 to 29 picks, you're basically saying, you know, we're not going to be able to rebuild at that point in time if it all goes south. And you're playing. Nobody's going to accept that as an acceptable answer. Well, I'm saying it's acceptable. Well, again, (laughs) you are. You got to, you're putting all your chips in right there. So, there's, a, there's deals to be made. There's two deals to be made. He'll make one of those deals. I, uh, I think there's the, has he played it smart. Not this making summer? a deal is not an option. Well, I didn't say not make making not making a deal. A deal. Is, I'm just saying. A, I'm just saying the failure. thought process. The fact that he didn't rush into it. The fact he didn't rush into it. Maybe he could have gotten Kyrie Irving when that that was. You know, we don't know how much of a possibility. Russell Westbrook was. coming back is not listed on the Lakers' big board. Again, I'm trying to tell. So let's. If the, we don't know how much of a reality was the Kyrie, was there an actual, you know, commitment from Sean Marks that says, if you guys give this up, I'll give you this. We don't know that for hundred percent for sure. We can just speculate on the rumors and then you end up. There might have been a point in time when they could have done that. If yeah, and if there was, then and we know that for a fact, that's a different story. See, I 
my problem with Kyrie still is that he's taking weight picks from LeBron and AD and, and the last, the last championships have been won by, by teams that have had great teamwork, the Bucks and the, and the Warriors, they both were teams. One of them had just one superstar. The other had really one superstar and, and a couple of other guys who had career series, but you know, they weren't, they weren't three superstar teams. The two, three superstar teams, both bombed badly, you know, last year. So I think that's the single biggest thing that strikes me that why I have faith that Rob is going to make the right decision and trade for Turner is because if he makes the other decision and doesn't trade for Turner and healed, I think it's like one of the worst decisions ever made in the history of the Lakers in the history of the NBA, um, in the history of professional sports. So I, I, I can't see how he can blow this one. This is this is one where, <laughs> and he's definitely not going to blow it by bringing Russ back in any shape or form. That ship, that ship sailed and sunk. It apparently seems like it. I, I mean, I, I think that at some point in time, you have to realistically look. These two, are, you know, bringing Patrick Beverly on, there's no way these two are going to, it's just, it's leading to a situation where it's going to be like a brush fire at Lakers campus right there for you. So at the UCLA More health like center. Explosion. Yeah. yeah. Well, good thing, you know, it is the UCLA health center. So if there's any real blood, you know, that they, guess, they can go ahead and fight, you know, you can go ahead and get treated right there on the scene. So that, I guess that's, uh, you know, some silver lining right there, but still it won't make for any type of good situation. Plus the fact that, Russell Westbrook's play last year in and of itself should explain why the Lakers need to go ahead and do something definitive sooner rather than later. Even if it's just, in my opinion, you can't. Rob you cannot want... not see that, Gerald. Well, There's I'm no hoping. way Rob can't. can't. I'm I mean, if we can see it, he had to have suffered through last year with total pain and every well, game. Well, a lot of people didn't see, as far as Laker fans, didn't see the real Russell Westbrook and getting him. They thought it was a great idea. You, you know, Joe, uh, you know, going down the list, many Lakers fans out there thought getting Russell Westbrook was hey, a great after idea. After the deal is made, you, you, you jump on board. You know, you're a fan. I can He's, always talk myself into, into a move that's made by the Lakers. You know, I mean, any good salesman sees both sides of the picture. Any good debater sees both sides of the picture. Westbrook was a horrible fit, but now he's on our team. You know, I hated Russell Westbrook. Or I hated uh, uh, Beverly, you know, and yet Patrick's on the team now. So. Got to deal with it. But uh, Jeff Green said UCLA does have a great trauma center. So <laughs> just in case, you know, uh, at least it'd be good for that sense. It won't be good for record. It won't be good for team-wise, but at least it will make a lot of headlines, those two being on the same team together. So I guess if you're into... Malice at the UCLA Medical Center. <laughs> at least it would provide continual content for us here at the Lakers Fast Break. I'm going to look at it on the other end, if those two are <laughs> together. So we'll leave it at that. But once again, it's the Lakers Fast Break. It is Laker Tom, the number one Lakers blogger out there on the bloggersphere for the Lakers. And go ahead and catch him today at Lakerholics.com. Before we head on out, a couple of things I want to go ahead and drop. And the first thing is the conversation, the podcast that just dropped this morning in regards to The Athletic. It is actually a show that they do on The Athletic, ironically, called Tampering. And in it, Sam Amick, 
I guess he did a lot of stuff with the USA Today, if, if memory serves, plus also The Athletic. He interviewed Jeannie Buss on his latest podcast. And one of the things... On her that, tour of interviews. Yeah, on her tour of interviews. Because she's basically do what they call the proverbial car wash. It's basically you deal with all the media types like me that are in the process of trying to sell something. And she's trying to get you to go ahead and watch Hulu's Legacy the real story of the LA Lakers. And I do want to make an announcement before we continue. And that is I have secured an interview with one of the executive producers coming up in the next two weeks, or at least it's on the books, you know, maybe subject to change, but it's on the books. I do have one of the executive producers lined up for an interview in the next two weeks that I will conduct with that individual. Did you get Linda Rambus? I did not get Linda Rambus. I did not ask for Linda Rambus. I, I will say but Stephen Lecker, uh, he is one of the uh, individuals behind the scenes, the executive producer. He works closely with Antoine Fuqua, of the main man behind this whole thing with Legacy. So he is going to be my guest on an upcoming episode that I'm going to tape and then go ahead and showcase it out to the world after that. But if you have any questions for Stephen on Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. If you're hearing my voice or seeing me now, please go ahead and give me a shout out. I will read your question to him while we're recording the show and it's coming up in the next couple of weeks. So in the next couple of weeks before, let's say before the ninth, if you can go ahead and send me a tech, uh, excuse me, not text, send me a message or DM at Lakers fast break on Twitter or Lakers fast break at yahoo.com and send me your question. I will read it to Steven. As we go ahead, we have it scheduled right now on the 9th. I will go ahead and record a conversation with him. So looking forward to that with Stephen Leckert, one of the executive producers, along with Antoine Foucault, along with Linda Rambus, Jeannie Buss, and everyone involved with the Legacy series that's right now available on Hulu, which I caught the fourth episode on. And I'll talk a little bit about that on the end. But the interesting thing was that she was on the Sam Amick podcast you know that it actually dropped earlier today and some of the comments that were said i think she had to walk back at least one of them and that is when the topic of russell westbrook came out i love how the fact that they forget the entire thing the the, the majority of the conversation was about the series and about you know the she talked about her brothers on the air. That was very interesting. She had to ask Sam Amick to walk back some comments that were made on, on the brothers during the show. And, and that was corrected. But what wasn't corrected was something that she said and indicated as far as Russell Westbrook. And that she indicated that he was the best player last season. Now, Sam Amick... For the Lakers. For the Lakers. For the Lakers. For the Lakers uh, I should say. For the Lakers. So, Sam Amick... And thank you for correcting me on the air. Something he didn't do <laughs> when she made that statement. And he is a longtime NBA reporter and should have done it on the spot. Yep. But as he noted, you know, in a later article, uh, tweet, what have you, he noted that he did after... After a million clicks later. Yeah, after a million clicks later... <laughs> He said, uh, he asked her to clarify that statement, and she changed it from the best Lakers player last season to the most consistent player last season. I still think that consistently is not the, bad, I guess. 
I, I still, that's still not been the word I would have used. I was, as soon as I heard that, I said, I think she should have said Maybe most available. That was the exact word. Bingo. That was the exact word I was going to say. The most available player last season. So you hear that. And again, it's actually a good listen. Again, it delves a lot into the series, but also about her relationship with her brothers for good and for bad, especially. And, the- and, and she's obviously trying to. I guess launch a new era of transparency for the Lakers, even though she claimed that the Lakers have always been transparent. Which well, she can only do so much because it, it you know, if she right. goes too much into it, it is tampering, especially when she was pressed by Sam Amick on the Alex Caruso and, and you know, other things so that you know, she, she said she can't go into that because of tampering. So he, he was trying to bait her into saying some that's stuff. Sort of, that's sort of the NBA version of, of the, of taking the fifth, you know. Yeah, something like that. She tried. She tried very hard, and I give her credit for that. So, hearing that conversation and seeing the, the transcripts and seeing what she ultimately corrected herself, which again I think she should correct herself to say the most available. It seems very apparent that this team is trying very hard to prop up Westbrook as it can contribute to the team, but we all know what the really is behind that. Uh, your thoughts on this? I, I don't think she could be as genuine or as honest as she really wanted to be in regards to Russell Westbrook and the statement she made on that podcast. No, I, I you know, it, in many ways, it's a reassuring point that to make is that while the Lakers historically have not been a team up until the last couple of years that they seem to, they seem to wash their laundry in public too much. And, and make comments and, and things. And Palinka's generally held a pretty tight ship as far as news getting out and so forth. But what's been different this year has been that I think there's been a choreographed campaign to make these certain points that they Lakers want to make. One is that we're not desperate to get rid of Russell Westbrook. So, you know, don't think you're just going to, we're going to do everything you want just to get him. Um, and don't think that we're going to give up two picks and don't think that we're going to take back money and don't think that we're going to you know, do anything other than to hurt our potential, you know, cap space next season. So you've got the Lakers doing all of this choreographing and, and yet what they've been able to do is to hold it consistently because what Jeannie was trying to do with this message was to, pro- like you said, Gerald, was to prop up Russ. The Lakers don't disparage the players who are leaving. The last thing they want to do is disparage a superstar like Russell Westbrook when they're courting the Lakers as the landing spot for superstars everywhere. So this is a failure. So you, to a certain extent, they want to, they, they've done a good job of doing that from Darvin Hams, even coming out now saying, wait, I can, I can even solve the Beverly and Westbrook problem. You know, the Lakers have consistently done as an organization and spoken as one, regardless of who is the person speaking. And that's a good sign. You know, I, I'm hoping it all ties together that they've, that they've choreographed this great PR campaign and everything and, and are going to do the right thing. But previous decisions scare the heck out of me. You know, I'm just scared to death that they're going to trade for the Utah Jazz and we'll end up with Jordan Clarkson and Mike Conley and I'll tell you what, right now the comments are, are starting to go hard and heavy right there as far as petting my cat. Too funny. Very funny indeed. I will say that Jeff Green is a big supporter of Russell Westbrook and what he's saying and that, yes, 
he did he did have an 18 and a half points a game seven rebounds seven assists 44 percent shooting a steal a game yes but as i look at on the other end of the spectrum he was under three mm-hmm. under 30 percent from three top 10 in turnovers and his worst defensive rating. In fact, one of the worst defensive ratings in all of the NBA at 113.6. So you got to look at it from both ends of the spectrum. And in a modern age, as I say this, Russ is a first ballot hall of famer. No doubt. MVP, former MVP, no doubt. I'm going to give you all that all time leading triple double guy. Absolutely. But in the modern NBA, where spacing, as Laker Thomas said, is so important, shooting for LeBron James is so important, he doesn't give you that. And defense on the defensive end, his defense has tailed off to the point where it's now statistically one of the worst in the NBA. So it's just on paper, You've got your good and your bad. Jeff Green pointed out the good, and I'm pointing out the bad. I mean, Laker Tom, you're seeing as a whole. You've, you've, you've actually commented quite a bit on it. You have to look at it from both ends of the spectrum. Yeah, the, you know, it's. I think that everything that happened for Russell Westbrook last year culminated with that dispute that he had with his agent. Um because the advice that his agent gave him was probably the best advice that he has received from anybody at this point in time in his career, which was really that you need to change your game. And you have here the biggest stage in the NBA on which to change it. And if you don't change that, it's going to hurt your brand value so badly. I mean, I've read three or four predictions that are saying that there may not be a job in the NBA for Russell Westbrook when he gets waived by whomever ends up getting traded to. That's so hard to believe when you think of the talent that this guy has. But it's true of all of us probably that we probably all at some point in our lives fall further down than we probably should have before we make changes that are necessary to straighten out the trajectory of what we're doing as human beings, you know, and, and uh, I think that I hope, you know, I hope that Russ, maybe this would be a good thing if Russ would find out that nobody wanted him, despite all his talent and everything else, that his sort of inability to change his spots could prevent him from playing in the NBA anymore. That would be terrible. So hopefully, you know, he gets some motivation to do it and, and so forth. And, for regular everyday humans like us, that's hard to imagine. I mean, think of the talent that Russell Westbrook had, the physical talent. There, there has never been a guard in the a point guard in the NBA that had the physical abilities that he had. And what he's accomplished in his career statistically, and even though he hasn't won, you could understand just by looking at what the man has accomplished, how difficult it is to change your perspective, you know. His turnover in. ratio is the top, one of the top worst. Yeah. His sixth worst in the in the league. I know that is three point eight turnovers, but all of those uh, things, all of those are the things that if you do per forty eight minutes, should probably be shot if he doesn't make sure that Russell Westbrook is gone. 
Well, I will say per 48 minutes, he is, again, his turnover ratio is one of the worst in the NBA. Again, but then you look at it both ways. LeBron is also one of the worst in the NBA simply because with both those guys, they're heavy usage players. I will give you that. But when it comes right down to it, and then Jeff Green admits he's always been a below 30% shooter. With LeBron, you cannot continually have below 30% shooters out there. You, you know, for, for his first eight seasons, he shot 80% from the line. Over 80% from the line for eight straight seasons. And he's never even gotten close to that since then. I mean, it's that, it's that, um, you look at every of the, all of the great, really great players in the NBA, whether it's Magic Johnson or Jason Kidd or whomever, they all adjusted as they got older and they, and they, they, they picked up a shot. They learned to do this or they learned to do that. They changed their spots on the floor where they would attack. But you see Westbrook doing nothing to really improve what he's done. In other words, he's taken that talent that he had and steamrolled it through season after season after season without really working on his craft the way that Kobe did, for example. He has the mentality that Kobe does when he's on the floor, but I've never seen anything to show that he had the ability to work on his craft to the extent that Bryant and some of the great players have done who maybe never have the talent that Russ had to start with, you know? It's just crazy that the guy just I, – I, there's, there's just no way that the Lakers – could ever conceive of him coming back, they would take a negative trade before they would do that. Well, yeah, I mean, again, they, would I don't break, gonna... they would break up 47 million into three pieces before they would take him back in just in three pieces that they could move. Well, I know Jeff is a very staunch supporter of Russell Westbrook and he is to be admired and applauded for that. But again, in the modern NBA, you need yeah. spacing, you need shooting, you need consistent defense and you also need someone that's going to be able to go ahead and and finish consistently at the basket and you saw Jeff uh, even you got to admit he was not able to just finish as consistently at the basket from what we've seen in previous years the fact is he you know there are more and more teams that are laying off him and begging him to shoot and that's so when you have a liability on that and then also he's being targeted on the defensive end so many times last season. So it's just Jeff Green says Russ can still make the corner three. Yes, I know people are always uh, throwing out that 44.5%. I think it's 44.5%, but that's on 10 tries. So I think that was 10 attempts. So I, I don't know if that's really saying he can make the corner three. Maybe. I don't know. I mean, when you only shoot it 10 times during the course of a season, you don't know. You don't have a good litmus test to say. So, I mean... Is he going to be able to change his game? I don't know. I don't think he can at 34. No. And the problem is, is that his otherworldly athleticism has now dropped down to just be elite athleticism. And that's probably not enough today. You know, I mean, all across the league, I see young players now challenging, you know, challenging our established stars and challenging them physically, you know, a little bit of drop in Russ's ability to uh, his ability to elevate and his ability to burst and his explosiveness uh, definitely has a factor, but, but it's also the mentality that he's, it's like he's got a chip in his shoulder to prove that, that the way he's playing is the way, the right way to play. 
And the sad thing is that if you built a team around Russ that took advantage of his unique skills and so forth, when he was younger and a really, you know, top five player in the league, you might've had a championship team, but he's not, he's not the kind of player that you can plug into any other system and ask for changes that, that would work, you know? I would love, you know, if he actually can hit consistently from the corner, I would love for him to go ahead and prove it to everyone by going 15, 20, 25 times a game to the corner to set up for a shot and take 10 or maybe not even 10, five, three side three pointers a game. If he could do that and consistently make it, then he could prove everybody wrong. But it's just so hard for him to do that because I don't think he wants to do that. When you only shoot 10 corner threes during the entire season, that shows me you don't want to do that very much. I agree with Jeff Green on the aspect of, of Lakers need to stop targeting players in their mid-30s. I would like yeah. to see that as well. Well, they did They did that completely up until the Beverly decision. And and originally they had actually turned down the offers of, T, you know, the, the attempts to get THT for Beverly because yeah. they because of that desire to get younger and more athletic and Beverly didn't fit that mold, but two things happened, you know, LeBron James signed an extension and Kyrie Irving became unavailable. And so all of a sudden the Lakers were in a different win now situation. They didn't, they wouldn't have, they didn't have a point guard to replace Russell. And they were probably going to trade to a team that didn't have a point guard the Pacers in the trade because they had a shooting guard instead. So that that whole thing just sort of fell into place. It's, you know, I think the, I think that there's a, you know, it's so funny. I mean, I understand all of the guys that are big Russell Westbrook fans because I was a, I'm a UCLA fan. I, I rooted for Westbrook at UCLA. Well, you're a UCLA alumni. Yeah. He's just such a great player. And, and, he it's so funny because what he was great at was defense. He wasn't an offensive force. It was in fact, he, his offense was why he didn't draft as high as he could have been, but his defense was just spectacular. And his athleticism was out of this world. He was always one of my favorite players. And I always coveted him coming to the Lakers. And yet my initial reaction when they traded for him was, Oh God, what a terrible fit. We need shooting. You know, they had buddy healed in his hands and they, turned around and got him you know and then you talk yourself into all of the things that you know lebron will solve the problem etc etc and every single one of those foundations upon which you built your hopes that the russell westbrook experiment would come out positive completely collapsed and you pancake in the entire situation and you're sitting there now looking up at a 33 and 49 record and wondering geez, what do we do? Let's fire the head coach because he was a terrible head coach. He, he just basically gave up on disciplining Westbrook, but he also had interference from the front office. So it was a total screw up. A screw up so bad that Palinka had to know that I better get this next one right or I will not be a general manager again until they fire Cupcheck and then they'll probably hire me. Um, oh, they get that. We want you to be a GM of an opposing team. We already nominated mm-hmm. you for the Brooklyn and Indiana GM spot, so you could go ahead and make the yeah. trade that would favor the Lakers. That's I don't want to be a spy. 
Uh, well, for the money they would pay you as yeah, a GM, yeah, I think. Yeah, undercover, undercover. No, no. Well, John says you can't put the blame on Vogel. I don't know about, you know, I know they. Well, you the, can put some blame on Vogel because. I think you can. It's an organizational thing. Last year's team it's, was Vogel is like Palenka. Who did he, think of the centers that he played. I mean, what did we have to do to get Jordan out of there? Or well, to get Drummond out of there? I mean, it was like ridiculous. I will say in Vogel's defense, again. It, to me, he was undermined from the get-go. From the time yes, he was actually hired, he was undermined. And they, didn't give him, they didn't give him the lineup he wanted. And I'm sure if they asked him if he wanted Westbrook, he said, no way. And when he kept it, it simple yeah. and focused on the defense, as we yeah, saw in the bubble. They the whole thing up. That, that was got, just the worst decision they could have made for their coach, for their superstars, for their franchise, for their future, and for their own jobs. I think as a defensive coach, if you let someone else focus on the offense, but again, in the bubble, he, he kept it simple, simple yeah. offensive sets, fast breaking and a lot of defense. Yeah, he, but he also, system. but he also hit gold on almost every single personnel move he made, you know, and that's as a coach, I know that that's just luck, you know, because it's, it's like a relief pitcher. You call on him and you, you know, that's why I have always loved the idea that pitchers ought to pitch more because you get five guys and you're going to have pitch five guys in a game. The chances are one of those guys is not going to pitch well. Vogel had probably the best streak, I thought, of making moves, except for the first game. I don't know what he did. It's sort of like he gave up the first game of like three series, you know, and yet he made all of those adjustments so perfectly that you thought for sure this guy was going to be the next Phil Jackson, you know? Well, Five you know, we just championships or whatever. There's been, there's been an official declaration on the show in the comments. Joe Soros says last season's poor showing was my fault. So he wanted to indicate that. So I guess it is my fault. So I guess send the DMs my way or send the my fault, my meaning way. your no, fault. No, he said or? he said my fault. Gerald Glassford. He actually pointed out to me in the <sighs> comments that it's my fault for last season. So hmm. Be that as it may. Well, you had a pretty pessimistic look out, outlook for the season, Gerald. That's because yeah. we got Russell when Westbrook. You trade to Hart, and you were right about the trade, and you screwed us, man. Uh, <laughs> I, I screwed us? No, having no, that LeBron having that dinner with Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook that one summer night, which translated into a trade soon thereafter. Yeah. That's what if they screw is. Buddy Field over again and refuse to trade for him, the perfect fit shooting guard and the perfect fit center, and they refuse to trade for them, I can understand the, the hundreds of Laker fans on Twitter who, who are claiming that they will sell their season tickets, cancel their Twitter accounts, and never again watch Russell Westbrook on the court. Uh, John McCallion says you can't blame a defensive minded coach for having a terrible season when the roster was full of 30 year olds who haven't played defense in their careers. Uh, again, I don't think uh, uh, the whole organization should share in some of the blame at each and every level for last year's inept. LeBron season. suggesting it, Anthony Davis going along with it. <laughs> well, I'm just telling you that's everybody should share blame. Rob I mean, when you, buying it, Jeannie Buss approving it. Yeah, the the whole trade, it's not just the trade, it's also Anthony Davis's play last year, it's also LeBron getting injured, it and maybe not focusing much on his defense. 
uh, you know, with, with Frank Vogel, I understand the fact he had a bunch of 35 year olds running around out there, but he also, his offensive sets as Jamie sweet as, you know, continually telling everybody last season were awful. I don't think they, they were up a par as rotational patterns also got Laker Tom agitated on more than one occasion last year, if I remember correctly. So everybody in the whole organization deserves some blame and deserves some credit for the Lakers success and failures. I think that's what you do as an organization. You but need look to go at this year. But look at this year. Okay. I mean, seriously, we have a, we're not an old squad. Now we're very athletic. We're much more versatile. If we get the Turner trade, we will have solved the shooting problem. We will have done almost everything perfectly that we could have done in the preseason. Except maybe the draft choice. But we'll, we'll I, give I'm not in love with the Lonnie Walker. I, yeah. I'm hoping well, that I mean it's not it's not that I want to bash yeah. it, but it's but it's not I don't know if he can act he might end up it'll go one way. I'm gonna tell you right now, it's gonna go one way. Either he's gonna be a very good contributor that like Malik Monk was that people are very high on. Or he's going to be at the end of the bench. Uh, you know, I think it's just going to go one way. He'll, he'll play a lot. He'll play a lot. Yeah, he'll, he'll get, get his chances at six and a half get, million. He'll get starter minutes at shooting guard yeah. behind Heald or whoever we get. Because yeah. he'll get he'll get yeah. his minutes. Yeah, that, I'm not. Yeah, at uh, first. The, key, the key would be his defense. You know, we'll see what happens. I, you know, I really, I really have a lot of faith in Darvin Ham. To I'm old enough to have watched Darvin Ham play basketball. Okay, and he was exactly the kind of player that you want for a coach because he's the kind of guy who's not going to settle for a half-hearted effort by somebody to go for a loose ball or to hustle on defense. And he's already said that if you don't hustle and you don't play defense the way he wants, you're going to sit. So Bogle said that. And to a certain extent, his constant support for players who didn't perform defensively undermined that whole situation, because how do you, how do you demand other players play defense as well as Avery Bradley played or as, as Jordan played, you know, they didn't play defense and yet they remained in the starting lineup and they remained getting the minutes. So I think we're going to see a dramatic change because of the coaching will be dramatically different. Um, and there'll be a chemistry that'll be created because of the coach, because of his direction, because of the cohesion that he'll put and I think the systems also, because we'll be doing a modern system, a modern system with spacing, that a system that's designed to give LeBron and AD the kind of spacing that Giannis was able to take a championship run as the only superstar with. And I also want to add in that he will have, from the get-go, a more clear, definitive backing from the organization yep. than well, Frank they, Vogel did. If they do the, if they do this, if they do the Pacers trade, they will have given Darvin Ham exactly what he needed. Beverly to replace Drew Holiday as the point of attack and Miles Turner to replace Brooke Lopez as the anchor of the defense and the rim protector and the floor stretcher. Um, he'll have the key players, the, the key components he'll need. He'll have a starting lineup that'll have four very good defenders in it. And we'll have some depth. We'll have some depth that we didn't have before. And the depth will be younger. So it has a chance to improve and get better, especially with a, a coaching staff that's very much oriented toward player development, you know. That he was yeah. allowed to go ahead and shape the coaching staff. That's very important because yeah. remember. So, so yeah, we've made all of the right moves. We just need, 
we just need to close the deal by making the right trade. To me, it seems so incredibly obvious, but I thought it was so obvious that we should have traded THT for, for, you know, for Lowry last, last year at the, at the deadline. I mean, I couldn't believe we didn't I, make it. I remember, and we were live on the air for that. And you <laughs> yeah, I know, and I, this was incredulous. But, you know, and I can't believe that we won't make the Pacers trade. I can't, I can't believe we would make a mistake of that proportion immediately following the worst mistake that we'd ever made, which was the Russell Westbrook trade. It just can't happen. Jeff Green is adding that as long as Russ is still on the team, Jeannie Buss needs to show her support. She th- he, he thinks that it was a smart comment on being the best player for the Lakers last season. Yeah. Again, she corrected it or she yeah. was given the opportunity. She to didn't really mean that, but, to but correct there's no, it, there's to no benefit to tearing Russ down because yeah. – it doesn't help your trade status. It doesn't help no. anything you want to do with him long-term. And it's yeah. just not the right thing to do, man. Yeah. I mean, you move on, you move on and, and you just respect that you, it didn't work out, man. If but nobody's, if nobody's blame in that sense, you're as much at blame as Russ, Russell was at fault for the whole situation. So it didn't work out. You shake hands and you move on and, and you find the best solution you can. Um, and I, I'm hoping that the Lakers will do it. I'm, I'm, I, I, I range from being totally encouraged that there is absolutely no way they cannot make the right decision. And then I remember that they let Caruso walk and, and traded for us. And that scares the hell out of me. Well, I will say once again, that he was corrected or he, she was given the opportunity to correct herself after the podcast started airing. And like you said, Laker Tom, after an amazing amount of clicks and controversy, <laughs> she was able to go ahead and say that he was the most consistent right. Lakers player last year. Again, consistently. What? I'll leave that up to your right. determination. Jeff Green, obviously, is a good supporter of Russell Westbrook, and he is to be commended for that. And obviously, everybody else here at the Lakers Fast Break has their own opinions on Russell's season as well. But the future still remains a little bit unclear on the status. I still think, you know, if you weren't able to get the Kyrie Irving trade, you know, to, or, or we don't know how far those conversations went down a hundred percent. So seeing that as a case and you know, seeing that maybe as a smoke screen, I'd say at this point in time, maybe it is smart right now that Rob Palenka has not dealt all of his cards as of yet, but he still can. He still has time. He still has a month before training camp. Because if Russell Westbrook and Patrick Beverly go into training camp together, it will create a lot of great content for the Lakers fast break, but not exactly a winning season for the Lakers. I don't think that it will. So Yeah, it won't. I don't no. see how it can. No, not at all. But I do want to mention that I did get a chance to catch episode four of Legacy, the real story of the LA Lakers on Hulu, which is available right now. Drops, I think, every Sunday night. Uh, so Jeannie, can... Is that Jeannie Buss's version of winning? <laughs> well, I will winning say the, the la- latest episode does cover the p- time period between the Lakers' last championship and the announcement by Magic Johnson of the, having the AIDS virus, which was also covered in his docuseries that he had mm-hmm. on Apple+. Plus. But it showed a little bit a different perspective from the relationship of of him and and Dr. Jerry Buss when he announced it about how much it meant to him and he was very right. emotional. She, uh, Jeannie Buss, another one of those remember exactly where you were moments, man. Exactly, yeah. I remember when I were, where I was when that happened. Do, you know, uh, Dr. Jerry Buss was so upset, so emotional, 
Jeannie Buss was crying on the air when she was talking about it, saying that's one of the only two times he's, she's ever seen him cry. Uh, she did mention more as far as the background of her family, uh, you know, as far as that episode. It was a really good episode. I still think episode three is the best, but episode four was pretty good as well because it did a lot of things that covered an area of time where the Lakers didn't win a championship. And that includes how Vlade Divac was drafted and who actually made the choice to draft him, which is very interesting. And I'll let you watch that. I won't leave any spoilers out of it. So I'll let you let you watch that. Who the Lakers may have thought about drafting instead. They'll also talk about that. Plus some other tidbits and things within there. And I will go more into detail on a spoilerific show coming up with Sean Grice here. He said he wants to go ahead and catch the series and share his thoughts this weekend. So we'll do that. But again, I will mention, I do have, as of now, an interview lined up with one of the executive producers, Stephen Leckert of Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers. And if you have a question that I will go ahead and read to him, when I go ahead and record it on the 9th, please let me know. DM me at Lakers Fast Break or Lakers Fast Break at Yahoo.com. Well, everybody in the chat room, once again, Jeff Green, Joe Soro, John McCallion, everybody out there has been great as far as in the chat room. Cannot thank you enough. Petting my cat, always got to give him a big shout out as well. Truly appreciate you taking the time to go ahead and checking us out here at the Lakers Fast Break on YouTube. Please subscribe below Laker Tom. If you can and you haven't yet, please go ahead so you get the latest notifications on when we're going live. Also as well, like us on Facebook, Lakers Fast Break, where this is also running right now. So you can go ahead and check us out there. If you have any questions, again, go ahead and check us out at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. Or go ahead and read the latest articles today from Jamie Sweet at five things on Lakerholics.com. And of course the number one Lakers blogger, Laker Tom at Lakerholics.com. Been a great conversation today. We filled up an hour of time for people out there talking great Lakers stuff and a very controversial podcast by Jeannie Buss earlier today. She said also as well earlier in the week to the, you know, NBA radio that, that she would never tank her father never tanked and, and it alludes to the fact that, you know, for better or for worse, if the situation arrives, she's not going to go ahead and tank. So what does that tell you, Laker Tom, when she made that comment on NBA radio before we head on out? We're going to get rid of those two picks, man. I have a feeling you're right, my friend. I have a feeling you're right. You can't sign LeBron James to an extension and then not make that trade because of a pick for a kid that's now 12 years old, whom you never will pick. Um, and and I will say that Danny Ainge is absolutely right that unprotected Lakers 2027 20, and 29 first round draft picks would become the hottest potential free draft capital out there. They they you, those, you understand my they would concern. Commodities they they would become like the new crypto.com for the NBA. But now, now you know why, Laker Tom, I'm showing just a little bit of hesitancy in regards to that because they are so valuable. That's why I communicate why. Well, yeah, saying, you know, but they're only change, valuable if the Lakers fall on their face. Which is what I would project. So you don't bet against yourself. Jerry Buss would never bet against himself. He'd okay. put those picks out there and count on being a winning team 
so that they wouldn't want to have, they that pick will be worth nothing to them but the reason why but if that, okay, Laker Tom, let's flip it on the other side. Why, if you're a prospective GM thinking about this trade, if you you realize that LeBron will be gone by the 27 draft, you, as far as off the Lakers, you'll realize mm-hmm. that Anthony Davis most likely would be gone and not 34 years old. Yeah, Fragile so, Anthony Davis, 34 years old, probably playing for the Bulls because he's always wanted. Okay. He's from Chicago and he's always wanted to play right. for the Bulls. So you understand the reasoning why it is so hot. You understand yeah. the reasoning why you might just be a little bit you, you unsure before you go ahead and make something like that. You just can't freely give it up. You got to understand why that they're so valuable. Two more championships will be. We're, the thing that people don't realize is take a take a look at take a look at the Lakers roster. They've got LeBron and AD now for two more years. Okay, mm-hmm. so they trade for for Turner and Heal. He's got a two-year contract, so he lines up perfectly. You give you give Turner a one plus one deal, and all of a sudden you got four guys lined up for the next two years. Four really good players who fit together beautifully for the next four years. And then you got you got Beverly this year and whoever you get next year and so forth. But you, you put yourself in a situation where you all of a sudden have LeBron James being the and and probably Beverly for one year, but LeBron being really the only player who's in danger of his career not lasting four or five years. And then suddenly you almost start to wonder whether or not, I mean, he wants to play with, 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 with Bronny and Bryce now. <laughs> so if you were talking about, man, we're talking about Bryce's, what is he, a freshman in high school now? Uh, yeah, I think he's a freshman because Bronny's right. a sophomore, right? Or right. I think he's, he, or he could even be a junior eyes. I, I think Bro, I think Bronny is a, is a, is a junior. I think I, I, I'll check it. At, at any rate, you know what we're talking about. What we're talking about is is after this extension is over, another two year extension for LeBron to be able to play with his kids. And he wants to do it as a Laker. <laughs> so you know, I mean, yeah, so right, you know, he's eighteen. He's he's uh actually going to be eighteen in October. Bronny James. Right. But we've done, you know, Palinka has done a good job in the sense that up to now, we haven't taken on any contracts the way that the the way that the Cavaliers did, you know, where they got hurt, or even we're not even in the situation as as without the assets. Let's say that the the Heat had, we'll be in a pretty good situation. We'll have draft picks. We'll have. We'll have, you know, we'll have a, a lineup. We'll have a roster full of tradable contracts. So, you know, the Lakers are going to be in, they're not in danger of, they're not in danger of having to rebuild. That's but let me key. ask you this. Let me say this. Let me say this before we head on out. Okay. I've getting, mm-hmm. I get this out, you know, when I'm out and about and I talk to Lakers or people see me with my Lakers shirt on and all that, we get into talking about the Lakers. You understand since the 2010 championship, how many winning seasons they've actually had since then in the 12 plus season, 12 seasons that they've had, how many of them have not met in as far as a winning season or even above 500 when it comes to, as far as the real possibility of what we could do or what we may have or not have by the time those 27, 29 picks come around, you can understand why people are maybe talking about being hesitant on that. Do you understand? Yeah, but we don't have a roster, and and I could understand that from last year's roster totally, uh, Gerald, because all the players we had were old and over the hill. 
Um, and that's the kind of roster that that turns you into a into a desperate situation. You know, the other thing the Lakers have to do is they and, and this is the big challenge that Rob Palenka has next after this season, which is how do I replace LeBron James? Where do I get the superstar to replace LeBron James? Because you got hopefully Anthony Davis will prove himself to be durable enough to go forward. Maybe you get Turner and Hale, so you got you know you got a bunch of guys that are in the late twenties, uh, and you got a whole bunch of roster players that hopefully will you'll have some some gems come out of there like Reeves that will basically give you some young talent moving up, and you've got trading chips. You got trading chips, and and uh, you know maybe they'll maybe they'll even be able to come up with a with one pick and a and a pick swap for for the Pacers deal, which is to give them a pick to use at the midseason. But I think the Lakers have done a much better job of positioning themselves for the post-LeBron era than the Cavaliers or any of those other teams did because LeBron hasn't really, he hasn't come on, since he's come onto the scene with the Lakers, he has basically been a team-oriented guy and made decisions that helped the team. For example, he had no, there's no way he could have waited for a long time. He could have waited till the end of the season to do this extension and really put the Lakers in a tough situation. But instead he made it, went ahead and made the decision and, and, and agreed and signed it. So to a certain extent, he hasn't, I'm not as worried as, as you are about the transition because we're not in, we're not in the contract situation where we we brought on players that were horrible contracts for four or five years that we're sitting there stuck with after LeBron leaves. We don't have any of that situation and we aren't going to take on any contracts that are longer than the two years that he's got to go. So I think we'll be fine in that situation. Well, you we know me, I, you know me, Laker, Tom, I am a Lakers warrior. Yep. There you go. I, you got to look at both sides of the coin. Or as you would say, both sides of the glass. <laughs> well, or, well, the as was discussed the by truth is that the glass is always half full and half empty. Well, says which direction is it going? You know, Jamie has a different explanation of that. So if you want to go ahead and check out what that is in response <laughs> to that, Laker Top, go ahead and check out the Sunday show that we did right here on YouTube and, of course, wherever you get your podcast. But great well, conversation. I, 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 I've almost wanted to, to go down to Long Beach and have an intervention with Jamie because he's getting so gloomy <laughs> now that. That you know, I was like, "Oh, Jesus, Jamie, I'm afraid to read the articles." Almost, you know, it's like scary. We're going to bet Russell Westbrook for the rest of the year. He is watching on Facebook. All right, all right. So I'm going to have to get you back on together on the air to you (laughs) two. Hopefully, you both will be on the air then when we come back live on Thursday, along with Joe Sorrell. Hopefully, John McCallion. Hopefully, you can get everybody together for. We'll be on. We'll be on live when they when they announce the the Pacers trade. That'll okay. be the perfect time for us to be on live. Well, again. we were on live, as Jamie reminded me, when Patrick Beverly got traded. So you never know. Absolutely. You never know indeed. But Could happen. Could happen. hang with us on Thursday, 8.30 p.m. Eastern, 5.30 p.m. Pacific. We're going to go ahead and try and stick to a little bit better schedule for you guys on Sunday, Tuesday, and Thursday. We're going to go ahead and do that. I also have an upcoming interview with Sean Grice on the Legacy Series. And again, If you have a question for me before September 9th that you want to go ahead and ask Stephen Leckert, one of the executive producers of Legacy, the true story of the LA Lakers, which is right now available on Hulu, please go ahead and give me a shout out at Lakers Fast Break on Twitter or 
If you can't, LakersFastBreak at Yahoo.com. That works just as well. You guys have been great with the emails, great with the DMs, great with the comments. Truly appreciate taking the time to checking us out. Any last thoughts before we head on out, Laker Tom? Well, the one thing that has happened is this is uh, August 30th, right? Mm-hmm. And August 30th is the day that recently traded players can be included in and aggregated into a trade. So yes. that means that the trade, any potential trade that the Lakers may have been doing for that would involve Malik Beasley, for example, would now be eligible to happen. So we'll see what, what happens, you know. Blue Magic, who actually gave us this subject for today. And again, we said thank you so much at the front of the show. He said, thanks for the great show. Wondering what Tom will do if Russ stays. Unfortunately, that is not arable. It'll be NSFW. It will probably not be available for any ages, you know, and probably won't be one of those shock videos that I probably don't want to air. So that's a dimension that I, I really don't want to end up in. So, uh, Tom, I'm sure, I'm sure in the multiverse somewhere it's happening, but it's not going to happen here, Blue Magic. Trust me. Mrs. Laker Tom would not like that. That would not be good for Laker Tom's long-term health. We want to keep him around. We want him to hit 100. We're, our goal is to get Laker Tom past the century mark. All right. And Russell Westbrook staying on the roster, even though it would be actually fun for me because I would love the inside dynamic at the UCLA Health Center between him and Patrick Beverly. I would love to be a fly on the wall for that as much as I would love that. I don't think Laker Tom will like that very much. No, no. not going to happen. Russ will not wear purple and gold again. Oh, okay. You have it there. He said that before, so this is about the first time. So if you go right now to Lakerholics.com, the article, and I'm showing this to the Facebook fans out there, the latest article for Laker Tom is what do Los Angeles Lakers really want in a Russell Westbrook trade? You'll go ahead and catch this latest article today at Lakerholics.com. Joe Soros back in the chat. He'll be with us on Thursday. Basketball Hall of Fame's let anyone in there now. <laughs> okay. Well, they do get a little bit more, uh, I guess, uh, allowing as far as that's the case. But it is the basketball, not the NBA Hall of Fame, Joe. Blue Magic. I have my faith in Tom. He just guaranteed Russ is off the team, crossing his fingers. Now, Jeff Green has been a supporter. Big shout out to Jeff Green for his contributions during the course of this broadcast. He is a big supporter of Russell Westbrook. And again, more power to him. Again, I appreciate him taking the time to go ahead and being on the other side of things in regards to Russell Westbrook. So again, I love both sides of the equation on that. And we truly appreciate all the great comments and the great banter back and forth. It is respectful and is also as well very much appreciated by all of us here at the Lakers Fast Break. But again, we'll be back on Thursday. Coming right back at you, 5.30 Pacific, 8.30 Eastern. For everyone out there, right here on YouTube. But we're looking forward to going ahead and having another great episode. Joe Sora will be here. Maybe John, maybe Laker Tom, maybe Jamie Sweet. Going into more detail in regards to the half glass, half full theory right there. Maybe we should do an episode on that. Who knows? But there is a month left to fill before training camp. And we'll fill it for you right here at the Lakers Fast Break Podcast.